Hi, and welcome back to the Grindhouse Girls podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Katie. My co-host is Brittany, and this is a podcast about many strange and spoopy movies. We cover a lot of independent movies and a lot of horror movies, and we do want to caution before starting the podcast that listener discretion is advised, and a lot of subject matter we cover is not appropriate for children and can be quite sensitive. So if that sounds like something that's up your alley, keep on listening. If not, thanks for stopping by and on to the podcast. Hi, this is Katie. And hi there, this is Brittany. And this is the Grindhouse Girls Podcast. GGP, what, what? I said that really weirdly. Sorry, guys. Um, <laughs> welcome back, y'all. And happy St. Patrick's Day, because this will be released on St. Patrick's Day. Which, I guess we should have done Leprechaun, but this movie is super fucking bizarre. So, um, we're doing Society from 1989 this week. Yeah. I was about to say, yeah, so completed in 1989. You probably know this, Katie. Released in 1992. I thought that was interesting. Yes. So, this movie was released in Europe in 1989. Did amazing in europe and then um they waited in the states to release it until 92 and everyone hated it um in the states so um luckily the director brian usna um who we remember from reanimator because he was actually the producer for reanimator he actually provided like all the funds for reanimator and gave um director Stuart gordon creative control Stuart gordon who he also wrote the honey i shrunk the kids movie and subsequent sequels with or at least it was like characters based on um he actually um kind of strong-armed this deal with the movie company he said hey i have the rights to the reanimator sequels um if can i make another movie and i will give you guys the rights to the reanimator sequels if i can direct both bride of reanimator and my own project which is society and they said sure so we made society first so he was like i knew i'd have at least one more movie that i could direct and he did and i honestly i don't know i actually really kind of liked this movie i thought it was kind of a fun yet horribly despicable um (laughs) like disgusting movie uh what about you Britt? um it was one that i will be honest um i didn't dislike it but i didn't like it either um I guess to me, oh no, yeah, I feel like I I would have probably had more fun watching it in a group of people. Um, it is very mm-hmm. much. I feel like other than the special effects ending, I feel, and then I mean over, the overall the overall story and the special effect ending, I feel like it's definitely much a product of its time. Um, there's not really a classic yes. uh, feel to this movie. Like it's fun, but it's definitely it's like very eighties. Yeah, very much so. Um. Um, I do, do you have any housekeeping? Because I definitely have some housekeeping before we get into the nitty gritty of this movie. No, um, not really. I would love to hear your housekeeping, though. Okay, so housekeeping number one. We were saying WandaVision was phase two of the MCU. It's actually phase four. Oh, God. Apparently. According to Disney+. Plus. Oh, wow. Because they have them all listed out. Because I, I may start watching all of them in chronological order. Um, Because they have that listed, too. And I'm like, I'm so behind on the MCU. Maybe I should just watch all of them that I haven't seen in in order. And so they're actually on phase four or maybe five. But I'm pretty sure it's four. 
So sorry, MCU versers, uh, we got that wrong. By the way, I, I I completely forgot to mention. I didn't realize this until I watched the finale of Wandavision, which I guess we could talk a little bit about the finale of Wandavision. Um, but the character of Dottie was actually played by Emma Caulfield Ford, who was Emma Caulfield when she played Anya on Buffy the Vampire Slayer, who is one of my absolute favorite characters on Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Yeah. Um, she's the demon who ends up. Uh, trapped as a human, and um, she ends up getting engaged to Xander. She's one of my favorite characters on Buffy the Vampire Slayer, and I was like, why does Dottie look so familiar? And it wasn't until I saw her in color in the season finale that I was like, of WandaVision, I was like, oh my god! It's Anya! So, anyways. Um, and then Yara Greyjoy, this was my bad, uh, was played by Gemma, we- Gemma Whelan. Yes. Or Whelan. So, I couldn't remember her name. But those are the only things I remembered. Um, we did get Tell You Ride correct, by the way. Yay! Yay! Um, is there anything that you watched this week? Well, of course I watched, uh, the, uh, season finale. Oh, actually, I guess the series finale for WandaVision. Uh, thoroughly enjoyed we it. Shall see. So, yep, yep. I was like, as Katie knows, spoiler alert, I was like, that outfit, though! So. I mean, I think Britt and I both want to be Wanda for Halloween. <laughs> Because, or, or Scarlet Witch. Um, but yes, I did. So I heard a lot of people were very disappointed in the ending. How did you feel about the ending of WandaVision? Spoilers, of course. I didn't realize, I don't know how people thought it would end in there differently. Like, obviously, like, she couldn't keep holding those people captive in the world. But there was no other choice because that was the only way that Vision and the boys could live in the world. So, like, I felt like there was yes. really, even, I felt like we were headed for a bittersweet ending, and it was really, like, Wanda processing her trauma, that was, like, the whole journey was her processing her trauma, mm-hmm. and I do kind of like it, because, of course, in those after credit scenes, you hear the boys calling out for her, so it's like, maybe the boys are alive in another alternative universe. Right, and Vision put his memories into the new Vision. Yeah. So, like... He's still out there because he was just a computer, anyways. So I mean, I know he wasn't just a computer. Don't I'm being simplistic. Yeah. But like, so at least from what it was, I was. Ex- <laughs> I didn't really understand what Vision was. So when I was watching the first three episodes with our friend Peter, he explained what Vision was, and I was just like, "All right, okay." So he was a, a bad guy, and now in a computer, and now he's both. Oh, but he's good. Okay, cool. So, but I mean, so if he was mostly a computer, then he would, you know, be able to download himself. So he's downloaded himself into the new vision. The, what do we call him? The, the platinum vision? Cause he's like all white yeah. and blue. <laughs> the winter vision. I, I'm like, he's um, scary vision. That's what I said when I saw Ice him. vision. Yeah. Ice vision. Ice Vision. We'll call him Ice Vision. So, like, I mean, so I, that's why I was I was surprised he wasn't with Wanda. Maybe he'll find her. Yeah. Maybe they'll have a season two, or maybe it'll just be something. The thing I heard about was a lot of people were thinking that, like, Dottie was going to actually be, like, somebody else because she's the key to everything, but no. And then they were thinking that um, Doctor Strange was going to make a cameo, and I was like, I don't know. And then instead, some other... The lady who brings, um, what's her face? Um, oh, fuck. Sorry. Um, the, the lady who becomes Photon or, fo- or, oh my yes, god. Yes, um, I know exactly what character what you're talking about. Name? Yeah, cause she's part of the I Captain like Marvel, she's part of the Captain Marvel universe, too. Captain Marvel's friend. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Shit. So I have to go look up Monica. Monica Rambo. Mm-hmm. Anyways. They thought the Monica Rambo gets taken into a in a uh, cinema with this lady who turns out to be an orc. I know she's not, but I was like, "What is? What? Who is that? Am I? Is there supposed to be some significance to this person?" Okay, but I guess she's going back into space where she wants to be because she's been grounded. So that's cool. Um, anyways, but um, yes, Randall Park, Asian Jim who uh, Britney's husband loves, um, he forgot he was on that episode of The Office because he said it was a really, really short scene. I remember being cast, and I, I went in filmed my scene with Dwight. Well, with, you know. And then uh, I was just like, okay, bye. And he kind of forgot about it. And then he said people started screaming at him in the street, like, Asian Jim! Asian Jim! And he thought they were being racist because he forgot about he's Asian Jim. So he was just like, well, fuck you. And then he was like, oh, it's from the office. I was in that, wasn't I? So, um, yes. So I like Randall Park a lot. He was also in Always Be My Maybe yes. with Ali Wong, but we've already talked about. But he's I, I want to see him do more stuff. I really like him. Mm-hmm. He's really, like, fun. And he has a really fun voice. I don't know how to say that, but he just sounds like, hi, I'm an eager FBI agent. He has that voice. But um, I don't know. He's just perfect for that part. But yeah, Monica Rambo. I like her character a lot. And I'm glad she's getting superpowers because that means we'll see her. That actress does a really good job, too. Um, but I just, yeah, I, I didn't know what everyone was expecting. I was expecting more of like a character journey, which is what we got. But I think a lot of people were expecting more of like a giant, massive battle to the death kind of thing. And I was like, I mean, it's about an emotional journey of grief. It's not going to be that. I think, though, the one thing that people were saying is that they're disappointed about Evan Peters not being, um, whatchamacallit, not being the actual... Yeah, Quicksilver. Quicksilver. Yes, thank you, because you know I was about to say the wrong X-Men, because that's me. Um, I think someone came... I did not come up with this. Somebody was like... in the beginning of the Monica and Jimmy Park, yeah, Jimmy Woo. God, I'm mixing up the character and the actor. The Jimmy Woo and Monica's first talk outside of Westview, he's like, someone's in witness protection in Westview, and we can't get to them. Someone came up with the idea, they're like, it's probably Quicksilver. That's probably why he has a stupid last name. Like, um, what was it called? It was like, butt or something it was something yeah. boner his last name yeah. is boner yeah like they're like he probably is quicksilver for real but he's probably from the other universe but he's probably in witness protection pretending to be an actor if that makes sense yeah no that makes total sense and i can agree with that so i think that would be cool but maybe they didn't want to like toss all their eggs into one basket plus they have a a low-key TV show coming out, and then, was it, Winter Soldier and somebody else? The Falcon, yeah. Falcon and Winter Soldier. Mm-hmm. Sorry, y'all. I, again, need to catch up on the MCU. But, you know, I think, I I liked it. I thought it was good. But, again, I was more in it for the Paul Bettany, um, Elizabeth Olsen acting than anything else. Mm. Anyways, um, that's really, I watched that, but then I watched two television shows, um, I haven't finished this, but I watched the first two episodes of Tell Me Your Secrets, um, which stars Amy Brennerman, who has been in a lot of stuff. She used to be on Judging Amy, 
Mm. I think she plays like the mother of a do- of a girl who was most likely the victim of a serial killer and she's like trying to figure out where her daughter's body is because the serial killer never told her and then Lily Robb who is from American Horror Story plays the girlfriend of the serial killer who spent time in jail but she can't remember how involved she was with his killings like if she just helped him get girls or if he she actually killed anybody she can't remember and she's got a therapist who's trying to help her. And then Hamish Linklater, he plays a former rapist mm. who's out of jail. And he's trying to make amends for all of his wrongdoing by helping Amy Brennerman find Lily Robb's character. Because she, she's the only one who can help her find her daughter if she's still alive or her daughter's body if, he's, if she's dead. And then, like, it's, it's, it's very interesting, and part of it's taking place in Louisiana in the bayou, which is always an interesting setting. And then, have you seen Fleabag? Yeah, I no, I have. I've heard so many good things about it, though. I finally got to season two, and oh my god, it's fucking amazing. Um, I love Fleabag. If you haven't watched Fleabag yet, it um, is a British amazon prime tv show and it's about this girl um it's it's one of those like fourth wall breaking tv shows where like she'll be in the middle of an action and she'll just look to the camera and say how she really feels about the person she's interacting with um it's very funny and uh, it's uh, phoebe waller bridgers and she's bridges i think Mm -hmm. um she's great and um basically her best friend um, and her owned a cafe, and at the beginning of the series, you find out this is this is all in the first episode. Her best friend accidentally killed herself to make her cheating boyfriend jealous. She walked out into traffic, not actually thinking she would kill herself. Just she went to the bicycling lane, thinking she'd just get hit by a bicycle, and he'd try to visit her in the hospital, and she'd say no and get back at him. But the bicycle threw her into traffic, and three people ended up dying, and so she was one of those people. Oh, my God. So her business is suffering. But it's very funny. It's very dark comedy. Her business is suffering. She keeps sleeping with anybody she meets because she's just in so much pain. And, like, just all this shit. Her life is falling apart around her, basically. So if you've ever been, like, a late 20s, early 30s person whose life is falling apart around them and you feel like shit, it's a great cathartic TV show. And um, in the second season, Andrew Scott from Sherlock, a.k.a. Moriarty from Sherlock, comes in as a priest that she like, starts having a crush on, and they become friends. I haven't finished the second season. Hopefully I will by the time this episode airs so no one ruins it for me. But he is just... Andrew Scott is just a delightful fucking human being of an actor, and literally anything he is in, I will watch, because his voice is just harmonious and he has just the absolute best comedic timing and you've seen sherlock right i haven't but i know of it obviously (gasps) yeah okay you have to watch sherlock it's it's they're three episode seasons so they're very short seasons so it's very easy to watch through it being so anyways the fact that he's in the second season of fleabag just also olivia coleman plays her like stepmother i love olivia coleman um and uh fiona shaw plays her therapist in the second season so there's some, like, a really good British actors. And um, I can't remember his name, but there's this really funny American comedian who plays her brother-in-law. And I'm blanking on his name now. Um, but you would recognize him if you watch any Adult Swim stuff, like mm-hmm. live-action stuff, because he's definitely been... Brett, Brett something. Brett... Mm, anyways. 
Um, anyway, so that's what I've been watching. Any any movies you've been watching? I haven't actually um, watched a lot of movies, but there is. Now, I will say, um, I did uh, start watching um, Banshee, which was actually a... Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was a Cinemax, uh, Cinemax show from a couple years ago, and my father loves Banshee. My, my dad would be like, Banshee, 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 because my dad watches so much tv shows um and so my dad like was even i didn't start watching game of thrones until the third season my dad had been talking about since the first episode um so that's how he is um (laughs) but banshee just came on um hbo max and anyone who knows me knows i love the boys and uh judge me if you want but i love uh the way that tony star anthony star however you prefer to call him plays homelander and so i follow um tony star on his instagram he mentioned banshee being on HBO Max, I never realized he played the lead character in Banshee. Um, so pretty much it's um, basically this ex-con goes to this new town and the sheriff dies. This is in the first episode. The sheriff dies, um, so he takes over the sheriff's identity. And that's basically um, mm. the show. And so it's so funny because um, Taylor loves it. Like, he loves the show. I will say the action sequences are pretty top scale. Which I guess Cinemax d- does have a lot of money. So the action sequences are good. The acting's good. But it's Cinemax, so there's a lot of sex. Like, And that's, for someone who watches TV shows with a lot of sex, that's something for me to say. It has a lot of sex. What, is, what sex position scenes? Oh, yeah, the sex positions. Yeah, thank God that kind of slowly got phased out after first season. Yeah. Well, I'm sure that'll happen with Banshee because that's what happened. That's what happened with True Blood too. That's what's funny. It's like there are some really cool like car chase scenes and stuff in this TV show that I was like, this is pretty sweet. So you like action at all? That's good. Mm-hmm. It's one of those that it's caught my eye and I haven't quite watched it yet. So I might actually start watching it. Okay. So now that we've kind of gotten business out of the way, I guess we're going to get down to it and talk about our spoopy, strangey movie. Um, which is Society from 1989 or 1992, but definitely an 80s movie. I think one of the reasons why it wasn't such a big um, hit in the 90s was because it was such an 80s movie. I'm not surprised it wasn't a hit because I feel like the 90s is a totally different vibe than what this movie is putting out. Um, But it was um, written by two writers, actually. Um, Rick Fry and Woody Keith. It seems like they are a writing team because they also wrote a movie called Dementia and they wrote the script for Bride of Reanimator. Um, but it's kind of loosely based on Woody Keith's experiences growing up in Beverly Hills and his uh, feeling like he was not really belonging to Beverly Hills society. And um, the director, of course, as we've mentioned, is Brian Usna. Um, he's mostly a writer and producer, but Society is his actual directorial debut. And although he has written Honey, I, he wrote Honey, I Shrunk the Kids with Stuart Gordon. Um, he's really more known for um, gore effects and body horror movies like Reanimator and From Beyond, which was with Gordon. Um, and then this was like his first solo venture without Gordon, um, which I think is interesting. He still kind of keeps that. Um, he really seems to value um, creative freedom and credits the success of his earliest works that he funded Reanimator and kind of gave Gordon creative control. And then his next two films, Society and Bride of Reanimator, were actually funded by Japanese investors, and they didn't. They also gave him creative control. 
So he was like, I really value giving the artist creative control because I think that's the best work. And I think he did try to do some other films afterwards, and it seems like he just got really frustrated with it because he he kind of, like, stepped away from directing so much now. He still works, and he does a lot of interviews and stuff. He seems like an actually pretty decent guy. Um, and um, the other person I want to mention before we get into, like, synopsis is... Screaming Mad George, oh, yeah. a.k.a. Joji Tani, um, is a Japanese surrealist special effects and makeup artist who started out as a punk rock musician and um, derived a lot of the inspiration for um, the infamous ending scene in this movie, which that's all we're going to say until we get into spoilers, um, from Salvador Dali paintings such as Autumn Cannibalism and Soft Construction with Boiled Beans, oh. Premonition of Civil War. Let's not forget The Great Masturbator. That was also a heavy... Oh, yeah, The Great Masturbator. Mm-hmm. I knew there was another one I was forgetting. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Brittany. You're um, Which I highly recommend you look up those pictures after you see the ending sequence because it really does draw inspiration from that. Yep. Um... But I don't know. Did you see what else Screaming Mad George worked on, Brittany? Because there's a whole list of things that I thought was cool. Yeah, it's funny because he actually has like a a, a pretty cool um, filmography. So he did Big Trouble in Little China, um, Predator, mm-hmm. and Nightmare on Elm Street Three: Dream Warriors, uh, and then Part Four of and four. yeah. And, of course, like, uh, he did part four to Dream Master, Bride of Reanimator. And he actually directed a movie. He directed The Giver, which I'm sure you saw, had Mark Hamill in it. Oh, I didn't see that one. I missed that one. Mm-hmm. Crazy. You know what? The Did you see, okay, as a music aficionado, which I know they're not the best music, I was always a Backstreet Boys girl. But he actually did the makeup for NSYNC's It's Gonna Be Me music video. <gasps> that's That's pretty cool. Is that a fucking hilarious? It's great. It's great. So he he does a lot of makeup still, but I don't think he's really had the opportunity to do as much surrealist makeup, like special effects. Um, And also he worked on an American Werewolf in Paris. That's pretty awesome. American Werewolf in Paris still has really, even for being filmed in the 70s, those special effects are still pretty freaking awesome to this day. Yes. There's also a movie called Faust, which I have not seen, but Red Letter Media... Uh, hosted it on their um, Best of the Worst, one of their episodes. And um, Jeffrey Combs is in it. Brian Usna directed it. And Screaming Mad George also did effects for it. It's pretty funny, bad, but also good. Like, they they did it for Best of the Worst, but it kind of, like, elevated itself because it's so out there, which makes sense because of who made it, that it's not really a bad movie, but it's, like, a real out-there movie. There's a lot of, like, sexual sadism and stuff in it that is just beyond what maybe we'll do it one day because it is very grindhousey um but i thought that was cool that they still work together like because that was like in the 90s so i think like i i think joji tani or or tani i'm not really sure tani maybe um aka screaming mad george just seems really cool i wish i could find more personal information about him i didn't see a lot but he's obviously been working in the field for a very long time and continued to do so which is cool um, also, his uh, profile picture on IMDb is him standing in front of a lot of really grotesque stuff that was probably from society, um, which I thought was pretty cool. Um, let's see. I guess we'll get into synopsis, which I did write one for this before we get into spoilers. Um, just a cute, quaint little movie about a boy named Billy. Okay, so here's the synopsis. 
Feeling like a stranger in his own family, teenager Billy goes down a twisted web of deceit when he discovers his picture-perfect family has dark secrets to hide. That's all you get. Um, and there's not a lot of cast stuff, right, Britt? No, um, so a lot of the cast um, members, it seems like some of them, this is their only credit, or they've had very, very minor roles, which, don't get me wrong, minor roles are still awesome. But yeah, they, none of them really have, like, major Wikipedia pages, with the exception of, um, of course, good old Bill Warlock, who plays Bill Whitney. So, um, and he actually, Which... yeah, he actually um, was on the first three seasons of Baywatch. He was, and he also had recurring roles on Days of Our Lives and General Hospital. So he, it's pretty well known in the soap actor um, world, soap opera world. Yeah. Yeah. He was, like, in every every soap opera because he's also on uh, young and the restless as the world turns one life to live like oh my god um but apparently he started doing Baywatch around the same time this movie started um from an interview and he was like it was a really good time in my life because I did I did like a couple episodes of Baywatch then this movie came out then I went back to Baywatch and it was just a lot of stuff going on in my life um there's also Clarissa Carlin play um that character is played by Devin DeVasquez who is fucking gorgeous. Yes. Um, she's now works mostly as a producer. The only other credit I saw that was really, like, something I'd heard of was House 2. Not to be confused with the house that we did, but there is an American-ish horror franchise called House. And then the only other person that really... There are a couple people that have some credits. Evan Richards, who played Milo, who is Bill's best friend, was actually Bill in the TV series of Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventures. And... He was also in the TV series of Down and Out in Beverly Hills. So he did a lot of, like, 80s, 90s television. Um, I was like, oh, that's cool. I could see that. Um, There's Patrice Jennings, who played Jenny Whitney, um, who is Bill's sister. She guest spots on TV. Conchetta Diagnes as Nan Whitney, the mother. Um, She, again, has a lot of television credits. Charles Lucia as Jim Whitney. He actually was in Tank Girl and The Hand That Rocks the Cradle. So two things that I've heard of. Um, he plays uh, Bill's dad. And then we've got Ben Slack as Dr. Cleveland, who has a very prominent television career. So he he's done, like, guest starring roles in, like, almost every television show you've ever heard of. So he has done stuff. Just not – he's just not, a, like, a big star. And then the only two people – like, they didn't have a lot of credits, but I thought we should mention them as Ben Meyerson as Ted Ferguson and Tim Bartell as David Blanchard, who are two other characters – um, and with that, I think we're going to have to get into spoilers. Before we get into spoilers, um, do, how, who would you recommend this movie to, Britt? Um, I would probably recommend it to um, people who like cult classics, people who maybe like 80s movies, um, people who like like satirical comedy. Um, yeah, horror mm-hmm. comedy, because there is... Um, I would say it's actually weird. I wouldn't say the majority of this movie is funny, but there is a lot of funny moments in it. Um, so yeah, um, mm-hmm. I know I just said, um, like 12 times, but yeah, I, it's, it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I do the same thing. I'm like, oh, you should hear when I edit. I probably don't say it as much as I actually do because I do edit out a lot of us going, uh, hmm. And then... Oh, like, I will tell y'all, if you ever want to edit yourself in YouTube or podcasting or whatever, you will just understand how weirdly you talk and how different you sound outside of your own headspace. It's so interesting. 
um, and also terrifying. Um, but no, I kind of agree with that. I think if you like absurd horror with a lot of body horror, or if you really like special effects and you like really want to see some cool creative special effects, I would say it's up your alley. Um, it is. There's a lot of. I'm going to give a trigger warning because there's a lot of incesty trigger and like uh that's really there wasn't a lot of like triggering things to me that was probably the most triggering thing is incest but that's pretty much the only thing that was really triggering most things aren't super violent or if they are violent it's kind of funny yeah um but i will say people have things done to them involuntarily that aren't great but they're kind of performed in a absurdist manner so it's mostly funny but it's not the ending isn't for the faint of heart even i i kind of knew the ending was shocking and i'd seen stills from it but i didn't really i was trying to keep myself in the dark because everyone's always said this movie's better if you don't know what's coming even i at the end knowing that it was probably gonna be pretty shocking was like oh holy shit what have i gotten us into this is fucking crazy um but with that I suppose we will get into spoilers. Yes. So, yeah, we're going to get into spoilers in officially three, two, one. Okay, so we um, start the movie with a POV opening shot of the Whitney's front door. They obviously live in a beautiful mansion. They're in Beverly Hills. They're very rich. Um, so, it looks like Bill, our main protagonist, goes and gets the knife to defend himself. We kind of hear laughter. Um, and eventually, um, we find out it's a nightmare. He's been sleepwalking. So, the next scene, um, we see him at his therapist's office, Dr. Cleveland. And he talks about how he doesn't trust anyone in his family. Like, he's basically, he's like, selling Dr. Cleveland from the beginning. Um, I, he feels like an outsider. Um, so, and then it has this really lovely moment where he bites into an apple and it's filled with worms. So, but then, yeah, yeah and we have, Icky. we have a lot of transitional scenes in this movie because it's literally like, it'll go from one scene to another scene to another scene to another scene. Um, so in the scene after that, we meet his friend Milo and we meet Bill's sister, Jenny. Um, her ex-boyfriend Blanchard tries to hide in her closet, um, while she's getting dressed with absolutely no luck. He's kicked out of the house, um, but we later find out that he's placed a microphone in one of the earrings, um, and then afterwards, after, um, Bill gets Blanchard kicks out of the house, Jenny, um, turns around for Bill to sip up her dress, and he notices her skin's kind of sweaty. And that's the kind of yeah, first... and bulgy. Yeah. That's, like, kind of the first indicator. It's like, okay, is it just a hot summer day, or is there something else going on here? Yeah. And she just kind of brushes it off. She's also, she's going to her coming out party, mm-hmm. um, which I have a few friends who had coming out parties. It's not really something most people do unless you're in kind of a more high society area with country clubs and whatnot. Um, but my, like, I've had a couple friends who did have, debutante balls it we live in the south so like debutante balls are more what people have but coming out parties are more like i'm coming out into society for dating is generally what coming out means but nowadays i people don't do it that often but so obviously there are people that tradition is means a lot to but for some reason they're okay with bill missing it for basketball like she's like oh basketball is more important anyways than a stupid coming out party because i've already been dating for three years and Jenny makes a lot of comments about Blanchard, like, she doesn't really tell Bill what happened, why they broke up. She's just like, oh, he just was the wrong sort for me. And it's just like, it's a weird way to say that. Okay. Um, and basically, we see, we do meet, did we say we met Milo yeah, as well? Yeah, we met Milo, yeah, and that's Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
we see that um, he mentions that Milo's outside. His dad's like, oh, is that Milo? He's like, yeah, he's driving me to the game. And his dad just kind of ignores him because obviously they don't approve of Milo because he's not as high class as the Whitney's are because Milo's like middle class. Like he has, I'm pretty sure he has like a convertible. So he can't be like fucking poor in Beverly Hills if he has a convertible or money for a convertible as a high schooler. But like, I guess he's just not quite good enough for them. Um, and yeah, so then we kind of, uh, transition to Billy who has won his basketball game. We don't see the basketball game, but, um, his girlfriend, Shauna is like, Oh, he's the best. He's our star basketball player. We all need to have him be class president. And he's running against a, um, snobbish Marty Petrie or Petrie. Petrie. And... Yeah, and Marty's friends, Petri's friends are all, like, sitting in the front row. And one of them is this alluring girl named Clarissa. She's this, like, stunning brunette. And she kind of pulls a basic instinct on him in the front row and distracts him. And Shauna, like, does a whole, like, drop the books to get him to snap out of it. Um, She is wearing underwear, so it's not, like, the craziest kind of, like, basic instinct. It's not full bush or anything like that. Um, so he goes back to Dr. Cleveland, and he actually makes a joke with Dr. Cleveland about incest and psychosis. He's like, we're just a normal, oh, happy yeah, he family. Because he's feeling high, because he won his basketball game, and he's feeling good about possibly being um, the school president. Right. And so he's like, you know, and Dr. Cleveland brings up his family. He's like, no, we're one big, happy family, except for the incest and the psychosis. But in this scene, he also notes that his parents don't approve of his friends. They treat him differently, and they don't look like him. And he literally says in this scene, I think I was adopted. Which is... And the doctor's like, that's an overreaction. Mm-hmm. And he's like, is it? Because I really feel like I might have been adopted. Which, I know kids who were adopted, or who thought a parent was their biological parent, and they find out, no, that's not your biological parent, and they don't find out till they're teenagers. So, not completely against the norm. Maybe in the late 80s, it was more rare, but I know people who have had that happen to them. So then our next scene is kind of our first glimpse into Oddity, which they didn't originally have this scene this uh, far in the beginning of the movie, but they decided to add it to just kind of like, uh, basically not have the ending scene completely hit us in the face. Like, what the fuck was that? Yeah. Um, But basically, uh, Bill's trying to borrow sunscreen from his sister Jenny, and she's she's got like her own bathroom. Like, she's like a suite in her room, so she's got a bathroom in her room, and it's one of those like, it's the 80s, too. So, like, it's, like, there's not really a door to the bathroom. It's just kind of open. But she has, like, a like a frosted glass, do- like, door to her shower. And so he's going to grab, he knocks on her door, and he goes to grab the sunscreen. It's, like, at the, in the, like, hallway next to her shower. And he's trying not to look, but then he's, like, what the fuck's going on? And it's, like, first of all, she's making weird noises. Second of all, she's has her back to him, but he sees her back like outlines of boobs on her back and he's like what the fuck's happening and it freaks him out so he ends up opening the shower door and it's just jenny like normal and she's like oh my god bill get out of here and he's just like oh god i'm sorry i just want the sunscreen oh my god fuck so he's he's having delusions of grandeur apparently um and then we head to the beach yeah where well actually there is i think before we go to the beach uh, Bill keeps finding some like weird like he finds like a shrunken head 
and like a bunch of like pranky things like little toys that somebody's like leaving in his car and his locker throughout the movie and it's kind of making him a little more paranoid um but he goes to the beach with his girlfriend shauna um she's like if you she's first of all she throws out i love you you know and first i was like well what a jerk he didn't say it back and then she's like and because you love me you should get us invited to this party and he's like i really don't want to talk to that jerk and um ted's kind of like they're like the elitist class yeah like i would say bill's like the everyman popular and they're like the we don't even care about being popular we're the elitists yeah and um they're in a class all their own and uh basically uh ted just tells them yeah i'll send you a telegram but not before bill has an encounter with clarissa again where these kids kind of steal their sunscreen and spray him and um, Shauna with it. And then he runs into Clarissa and she's like, oh, did you get excited or something? Like, because it looks like he came all over himself. So <laughs> Clarissa's very open yeah. with her sexuality. And I appreciate that about her. Like, but she's always joking. It's like she just has like a dirty sense of humor. But her dialogue but is weird. She's not even overly. Her dialogue is weird. But like the second time I watched it, I just realized like, Shauna is, like, he's trying to make out with her on the beach. Which, yeah, it's a little inappropriate to really make out on a beach in front of people. But he's trying to, like, make out with her. And she only lets him, like, go so far until she needs something from him. So, I mean, I'm not saying there's nothing wrong with being conservative with your sexuality. But at the same time, like, there's something to be admired about someone who's open and honest about their sexuality. And Clarissa's very open and honest about her sexuality. Yeah. And, like, Milo thinks she's kind of, like, he's heard rumors that she's, like, kind of a skank. And, like, she doesn't really seem like a, like a slut to me. She doesn't seem like she's, like, easy. Not that I, I'm never going to slut shame anybody. But she seems like she just, sex is something that she enjoys and she doesn't feel guilty about. And I think that's pretty healthy. So, and it seems like Shauna's kind of using sex to get yeah. shit. And not that I don't think Shauna's a bad person, but she kind of has she has a very high school approach to relationships because she's just like invite me to this party and it's like there's there's bigger things at stake. Do you want to talk about how David Blanchard comes yeah. in the picture next? So yeah, so after um, he tries to talk to Ted Ferguson, um, sh- he turns around and Shauna's gone. But Blanchard, he sees Blanchard's at the beach, and Blanchard uh, mentions, you know, like, hey, um, you need to come with me to the pier. And he says, like, look, I put a mic in your sister's ear, and I also put a tape recorder under your parents' car seat. Um, And so he plays the tape, and it's obviously very unsettling to Bill, because it's his parents are in the car with his sister, and she's like, you know, um, she's like, I'm so nervous. And her dad's like, well, I told you what's going to happen, you know. First we have dinner, then you copulate with someone your own age, and then you do it with me and your mom, and then, like, (laughs) and, like, Bill is like, what in the literal fuck? And so Blanchard forwards it, and, like, there's things, like, that are being said, like, oh, Jenny, your tits are so hot that they're gonna pop one as soon as they see you, and, like, um, she's like, oh, Ted, you're so good, you're so good, and then there's, like, sounds like maybe someone screaming in the background, yeah. Yes. It's, there's there's moans of both pleasure and pain, and you're just like, what the mm-hmm. fuck is happening? And I will say, I didn't really hear the pain screams until the second time I I listened to it. Like, I mean, I did, but like, it didn't like once you know what's gonna yeah. happen, 
you're like, oh, okay, that's what's happening. But yeah, it's very disturbing. Yeah. And it's and, sad because Blanchard yeah. basically, he's like, you know, Bill gets mad because the first thing that comes is like he gets defensive. And then, you know, Blanchard even is like, you live with these people all your life. You don't know. Yeah. Yeah. And he's like, no, I don't know. And that's like, how scary would it be if like you woke up one day and you found that like your parents were serial killers and you had no idea. Yeah. Like, even if they were reformed serial killers, it'd still be fucking terrifying to find that out. Um, Basically, Billy's just horrified, especially about the incest, and he brings the tape to his therapist, or his copy of the tape, to the therapist to listen, but the therapist, like, won't listen to it with him in the room. He's like, no, 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 you have to come back tomorrow or leave it here. So he leaves it with him. Dumbass. Um, The next morning, yeah, I was like, why did you leave it? Just come back tomorrow, you dumbass. He kind of coerces him. He's like, do you not trust me, Billy? Are you still afraid of me, Billy? Because Billy's like, I'm afraid of you. I'm afraid of my parents. I'm afraid of my sister. As he should be. Um, and uh, the next morning, Shauna is, like, confronting him about the party. And she's just like, I don't even want to see you anymore. You don't care about me because you don't get me invited to parties. And he's like, Shauna, like, my parents are having an ancestral relationship with my sister. <laughs> like, what the fuck, dude? And she's just like, I don't fucking care. So she basically yeah, dumps him. Yeah, exactly. Um, not, I guess they didn't officially break up. But still, like, if, if I was... Bill, I would probably think they were broken up, but I guess Shauna thought they were just having a fight because um, he goes to a session, the therapist plays the tape, and, like, everything's just slightly different. It's, like, the beginning's the same, and then they're like, yeah, we're going to have dinner, and then you can dance with anybody you want to. Oh, great. Like, the whole tape has changed, and it's like, oh, shit. Also, we did see her dad and her, Jenny and her dad and the judge, who was, like, the guest of honor at the coming out party. Um, kind of all talk about how they found the microphone and how David Blanchard's a real computer whiz and he's been bothering their daughter and basically um, Bill's like oh my god I know I'm not fucking crazy he calls David and he says hey meet me at the corner of Roxbury and Wilshire with another copy of the tape but by the time uh, Billy arrives Blanchard's car is wrecked and they're taking away his body because he's apparently gotten into a car wreck at their meeting place and has died and he goes home and tells his parents and they're just like they don't even bat an eye they're just like oh yeah we're gonna miss him that's tragic um but hey you got a telegram from ted ferguson uh about a party tonight yep that's exactly it's so bizarre yeah it's like that's exactly and even when he tries to get like the tape from the wreckage the uh, police officers stop him because they're like oh that's evidence yeah yeah it's like it's like everyone's in on it um, and then he goes to the party and he dances with Clarissa, um, and kind of Milo follows him to the party and is like, Clarissa's no good, blah, blah, blah. She's a slut. And Bill's like, what the fuck? Shut up. And Milo, um, asks him about Blanchard and he doesn't really, he kind of ignores him. But I thought the funniest thing was there's a lot of foreshadowing in this movie. And, you know, uh, Bill's mentioned that he might be adopted, um, while he's dancing with Clarissa, she's like, oh, you go with Shauna, right? Don't you go with Shauna? And he's like, well, I wasn't exactly expecting to see her here, if you know what I mean. Like, basically telling Clarissa they've broken up. And she's like, oh, okay. And then he's like, what? Do you need to know my mother's maiden name now, too? Is that what you know? And she was like, oh, adoptive or biological? And that's when Milo comes in and you're like, oh, okay. Yeah. So, is he adopted? Ha ha ha. It's funny. Um, and then... 
afterwards, um, Billy confronts Ted, and Ted is basically like, he's like, what happened to Blanchard? And there's like, okay, so there's a satire of society and like society type, like, you know, country club. And I, I mean, I know people go to country clubs that are perfectly decent people, but there is kind of a snobbish wasp policy that is generalized in the country club uh, groups, I guess. It's, it's definitely a uh, treatise on waspy culture. Yeah. Sorry, wasps. Not, not all wasps are bad, but they do tend to be more of the country club types. Because, I mean, I don't think anybody really... Does anybody really, other than wasps, have country clubs? Is that a thing? I don't think so. I don't know. There's nothing wrong with, like, being in a country club. It's just, like, I think this is the 80s and things. Country clubs are way less yeah. popular now. And it's really more of, like, it's fun if you golf. And, like, it's more of, like, a like a community center than anything, it seems like. Just you pay a lot more money. I did want to bring up, at this point, though, he confronts him about his sister, too. And, literally, Ferguson's yes. like, yeah, I fucked your sister. And then everyone got so turned on that they all fucked her, too. Which is, like, Bill just, uh. Bill just, like, you can tell, like, he kind of gets freaked out. But then they throw him in the pool. And then Clarissa's like, why don't you come over to my home and dry off? And so... Ooh. Yeah. Ooh. And so, of course, Krista and Bill have sex. And afterwards, um, after well, actually, after they finish having sex, uh, he notices that Krista's body is warped in a weird position. So, yeah. Yeah, and then he kind of blinks and it's normal. Also, I gotta say, like, it is kind of, a, it is a sexy scene. But it, like, it's not overtly, like, I wouldn't say it's overly gratuitous. Yeah. It's just gratuitous enough. Um, and Clarissa seems to genuinely care about him, but she's also very funny. Like, she's making quips. Like, afterwards, she's like, would you like some tea? How do you take it? Cream? Sugar? You want me to pee in it? But, um, Shauna and her best friend see Billy's car at Clarissa's home because her best friend was at the party. And they're obviously suspecting the truth, not the worst, the truth. Um, and then you see Clarissa's mom kind of interrupt Billy and Clarissa's like afterglow kind of cuddle session and her mom is like just holding and having people's hair in her mouth and her hands like she's been ripping people's hair out and she kind of is just this tall imposing lady and she almost seems zombie like yeah I was thinking that I was like what happened with her maybe she didn't agree with the what is going on and therefore they lobotomized her or something yeah maybe it's like a commentary on that about like rich people lobotomizing their embarrassing family members ah maybe we found another layer interesting it has to be something it's so weird well chrissy even says she doesn't like her mother because she does things she doesn't like but she doesn't elaborate probably ripping people's hair out that's rather embarrassing yeah just a little bit and then the next morning, Bill finds a third prank in his car, which this time it's a blow-up doll with a Ken doll stuffed in its mouth. Um, and the blow-up doll says Clarissa, and I'm pretty sure the other one says Billy on it, with the Ken doll. Um, and Shauna confronts him and throws her his class ring at her at him, and he's just like, "Where over, you dick." Although he's like, let me explain. And I was kind of explain how you slept with somebody else, you yep. dick. I was like, exactly. I'm sorry. 
if you want to explain something, then you obviously didn't think you were broken up either. If you, like, dude, come on. Just, oh my god. This is so yeah, but this is the first scene that, like, really, like, obviously at this point we know there's incestual things happen, but he literally goes upstairs to confront his parents, and, like, they're yes. all in, like, lingerie, and, like, his dad's just in a bathrobe, and he's rubbing his sister's shoulder, and they even make a comment blend. They're like, oh, Bill, you look so nice in a tie. And so, so at at this point, like, he kind of tells his parents, he's like, I'm done. I'm moving out. And they're like, you can't do that. And he literally is like, calls his dad a butthead. And which yeah. is like so juvenile. It's so funny that he yes. calls his dad a butthead, like as an insult. But, um, but then he leaves. He leaves. Yep. Yep. And he goes to, um, Blanchard's funeral and Milo meets him there. And Milo just kind of lightly touches Blanchard's face and it starts caving in. And he's like, oh, I guess they had to do a lot of reconstruction after the car accident. But it seems real fakey. Um, and Petri comes up to him at the funeral and is like, hey, if you want to know what's going on about society, come to Franklin Canyon. And so Bill goes by himself, but Milo follows him there, unbeknownst to Bill. And Bill goes into the woods. You see Petri, or somebody come out of the woods. Someone who kind of looks like Petri and Ferguson drive out of the woods. And while well, Bill's still in it. And then Bill finds a car with Petri's, like, slashed throat body in it. And so he runs through the woods and finds, runs into the first house he finds, which happens to be Clarissa's house. They call the cops. They bring them down to the canyon. And it's a different car. And nobody's inside of it. And he's like, what the fuck? Am I going crazy? And the police are really shitty to him. And um, he freaks out and goes um, the next morning, goes to school for another debate with Petri. And Petri's late. And so he's like, I see you've all noticed that Petri is late, which is very weird for him. It's because he's been murdered. And society is murdering people. And then Petri just, like, walks in nonchalant. It's like, oh, sorry, I had car trouble. And Billy's like, oh, fuck. Yeah. So he runs into the parking lot, and Milo runs after him. And Milo's like, Billy. And he's like, what the fuck's going on? And Billy's kind of telling him about all the pranks and stuff. And Milo's like, oh, well, the pranks were me. So then Billy thinks the whole thing's Milo and starts yelling at him. And he's like, no, 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 that was all I did. But I saw Petri come out of those woods with Ferguson and then bring another car in. He's like, oh, my God, so I'm not crazy. He's like, no, you're not crazy. They're setting you up for something. And then they decide to go back to Billy's house. And Milo follows him unbeknownst to Bill's family. So, yeah, so um, Milo's outside. And so Bill goes in and, like, Dr. Cleveland is there and Jenny is there and his mom and dad are there. And they're like, oh, we're so worried about you. And then next thing you know, an ambulance pulls up. And they literally, <laughs> Dr. Cleveland's like, you know I hate giving you drugs, Billy. And, like, they inject him with something. And he gets taken away in an ambulance. And it's like, well, what the fuck is happening now? So, um, so he's in the hospital. And Milo goes there. He's like, look, I literally just saw my friend in there. And they're like, there's nobody here. And then they, um... Milo's like consistent he's like I just saw them and so they he's like he tells him his name is Bill Whitney and they're like oh Bill Whitney's dead and he's like yeah. no he can't be and like he's I actually really did like the acting in this scene because I was mm -hmm. like mostly this acting's goofy but just like oh no 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 like you know like he just like kind of had like a went from like zero to a hundred and his yeah. fucking freak out he's like he's not dead yeah. so 
And I was like, yeah. yeah, that's probably how I would be too if I literally just saw my friend get taken in an ambulance when he yeah. was just five like, minutes ago. He was fucking dead. He was fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's very interesting. And then you see Bill in the hospital and he wakes up and he hears what he thinks is David Blanchard next to him. But then he opens the curtains and it's not like no one's there. But he gets out and he kind of just starts having a fucking mental breakdown. Yeah. And he's also drugged up. So he's just like laughing hysterically and he finds Milo. And Milo's like, man, they're setting you up for something. They just declared you dead and they brought your Jeep out here like a whole setup. And he's like just laughing. He's like, let's go figure out what's going on. Follow me. And he drives to Clarissa's house to demand where the party is. And Clarissa's like, do not go home. Yeah. Do not go home. And he's like, fuck it, I'm going to go home. And so they drive to his house. Clarissa's mom jumps in Milo's car because she likes his hair. And so they bring the mom with them kind of accidentally. And Bill goes in by himself. And we get a re-sequence of the beginning, which originally in the movie, that's what it was just a, he was flashing backwards and it was a flash forward kind of thing. But they were like, eh, it's better if it's a dream sequence. So he's, he's hears all this laughter and he's running through the house with a knife. And then um, he kind of gets captured like a dog. It's one of those, like, dog collar capture things. And I don't know what they're called. I'm sorry. The, you know, the dog catcher yeah. things. Anyways. Um, and, like, literally fucking everybody. The police officers, his therapist, his parents, his sister, Ted Ferguson, Petri, and all these old wasps are all, like, just, like, laughing. Like, they turn the lights on. It's like a fucking terrifying surprise party. And they're like, oh, my God, we love the hunt. And they're just all, like, clapping and just like, oh, oh, oh. And it turns out they're having this giant fucking party with Bill as the main attraction, shall we say. And I will say, in the original script, the movie ended... With Bill and others like Bill being, like, a blood sacrifice to this, like, Illuminati kind of culty group. But instead, it's definitely more bizarre. It's, like, Um, definitely the rich eating the poor. Like, which is really... Yeah. Literally the rich eating the poor. Yeah. Um, So satire is there. Uh, In folds. Yeah, it turns out Bill is adopted. Those are not his parents. And they belong to this elite upper class who take part in a basically sucking the life out of poor people to gain their power, I guess. Or is it just for fun? Yeah. Um, And they do some kind of ceremony called the shunting, which does not sound comfortable at all. And it is not. And it turns out um, Billy has been like, I mean, it's almost like a lamb to slaughter. Like he has been raised by these people for like 17 almost 18 years just to be a sacrifice and it's kind of fucking depressing yeah and it's almost like he's like a rarity like like almost like fine quality meat because they even they're like he was raised by by nan and jim in their own home like you know like they're like oh yeah. ah it's like you know. that episode of portlandia where they're mm-hmm. like we'd like to see the farm where our chicken lived and they end up living there for like a year and they're like yeah we'll have the chicken now that we know him it's kind of like that. I'm like, I don't need to know Fred the chicken before I eat him because it makes me sad that I need yeah. Fred the chicken. Um, but that's not how these people feel. 
And, oh, there was, like, this weird sequence where, like, he sees his parents in the garden, and they're, like, looking at these slugs, and they're just like, ooh, the best crop. But it's kind of confusing if they're talking about the slugs or the roses in the garden. Turns out they're talking about slugs, because I guess they eat slugs there. It's weird. That never really comes to play, but maybe it's because slugs are slimy. And basically, David Blanchard gets brought in, and he's still alive for the moment. Um, They've been holding him hostage to perform the um he's the opening act for the main attraction which is um definitely poor um billy and um that's when we get into our grotesque sequence do you want to go into this or do you want me to go into this brit i can help you with it so basically everyone starts um stripping down to like their undies or their camisoles and um they strip people yeah, they strip Blanchard down, so Blanchard's naked, um, and then the lights go red. So this is what's really interesting. So the scene is incredibly violent, but there's no blood in it, and they did it for the no. censorship. So even though the scene is very violent and what's happening is like there's no blood, but basically they literally start feeding on Blanchard, essentially. Yes. And they like their skin goes into his skin, and they start melting together, and it's like, and they say they're not aliens. They're just a different race of humans than normal people and so basically like which i mean like it's again this is like a horror comedy so yes this is very absurd as terms but it is like that fear that like there is a special class and they are they are different than other people and there's a reason that certain people get things get ahead in life is because they're all in it together and that's kind of like you know everyone's worst paranoia fears um, and yeah, it's really gross. I, I will say, I think the coolest part is the special effects, especially the fact that like, like people's faces start turning into like these succubus kind of like ghoulish, like, like almost like those plague doctor masks, but yeah. just flesh and like, and they just start sucking on David Blanchard and apparently the judge is the host. And so he gets to do the actual shunting, which is basically just anal fisting up from your butt through your mouth. Yeah. Which is the part that I was like, oh, oh, no. Um, And it's not, again, there's not a lot of blood. There's some guts that people are consuming, and there's, like, an eyeball being passed around. But it's not overly, it's definitely not bloody. Um, It's more of, like, stringy innards. So, like, they try to keep things as light as possible. But it's pretty disturbing. And then also, like, some people are, like, basically having an orgy, whereas some people are kind of just doing the sucking thing. And, like, in the chaos, um, Clarissa and Ted have been kind of, like, put in charge of keeping Billy um, captive. And Clarissa lets Billy go because she's like, I love, and she's like, I love you, Billy. Yeah, <laughs> like, literally okay. like that. But it's it's really, it's, it's very, like, overactive, but it's cute. And he runs upstairs... Which I was like, why would you run up the stairs? And also, don't they have a fucking balcony? Like, wouldn't you just run out the balcony and try to climb down? Because you grew up in this house, so you should know more about this house. But all the doors are locked. And Dr. Cleveland, who has now has a, um, what do you call it? A Glasgow smile. Glasgow smile. Thank you. I was like, it's a Scottish town. And I can't remember the name. A Glasgow smile, which if, it's, if you've seen The Dark Knight, it's what the Joker has. So he is, like, chasing him, and his face and hands turn into one another. 
and it's really creepy. And he's like, let me give you a hand, Billy. And he's just like taking all this sick pleasure. And so Billy, the only room that is unlocked is Billy's parents' room. And his parents and his sister are all having this creepy orgy together. But they're like, like his mom and his sister have become one. And it's just like the mom is just these giant grotesque legs and then a head. She's like, Billy. And the sister like pops out from between her legs. Is like, if you have any edible fantasies you want to complete, now's the time, Billy. And he's just like, what the fuck? And then the dad. Oh, you should tell this part. I was about to say, in the, the, to me, possibly the most memorable moment in the entire movie. Mm-hmm. His dad's face emerges out of an ass. And he is like, hey, Billy, look. I'm a butthead! <laughs> and he starts making farting noises. Fart noises. He's like, it's great. And it's, it's like, funny. It's so like, in the sea of chaos and kind of terror, it's like a total what the fuck moment, like, in the midst of all of it. I think that works, though, because I feel like if this was just horrifying, like, think about, like, um, like the ending scene of Midsummer. Like, or or hereditary. Like, all of that terror. I feel like, especially in the 80s, I feel like I like the humor. I think it makes it a little more palatable to people because they can kind of laugh at it. But then they can think, like, wow, what if the rich are sucking off the poor? Because sometimes they are. Sometimes they're not. Sometimes they're just hardworking people. So there's there's something to be said in this. Um, but it is presented very absurdly. Um but also really grossly. Um, basically, after all that, um, Bill is still recaptured. And they start making all these jokes like, it's Billy on a half shell. And Billy uh, challenges Ferguson to like a mano and mano duel. And for some reason, they're cool with that. They're like, yeah, sure, whatever. And um, Milo sneaks in. Um, he sicks Clarissa's mom on a police officer and steals his clothes and pretends to be one of the security officers there. Which, okay, can we talk about the fact that they had, like, security officers and staff who weren't partaking, so I assume they're just regular humans. Like, are they not, are they okay with all this shit going on? Like, it seems kind of weird. Like, Mm -hmm. or are they elitists and they're being punished so they can't, you know, take part? I don't know. Um, But, um... Yeah, so he challenges Ferguson to a duel, and Ferguson's kicking his fucking ass, like, a lot. And and Billy's, like, Billy's, like, a strong guy, but he's not, like, it kind of was funny that he was the basketball star, because he's not the tallest person. Yeah. Like, he's not, he's not that, he's, a, he's an average looking, like, he's very attractive, but he's, like, an average height of a guy, whereas Ferguson's a little, like, lankier. Um, but I mean, maybe he's just a really good, I mean, you can be a good basketball player and be shorter. I'm just, I'm a short person who's not good at basketball. So I just assume it's because of my height and not because I lack any physical talent. Um, but anyways, so Bill's getting his ass kicked and then Clarissa's mom comes in and cause Ferguson was rude to Clarissa. She just attacks them and it gives Billy kind of the upper hand <laughs> <laughs> because he, um, is kind of locked in a like death grip, like a death kiss, because uh, Ferguson kisses him to suck the life out of him, and kind of like the Dementor's kiss, guys, for our Harry Potter aficionados. And um, he shunts Ferguson. Yeah. And it's 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 like his eyeballs pop out and his hand comes out. It's pretty funny. I don't know. It was kind of goofy looking. Also, at some point, like his lips get weird and he goes <laughs> like a cartoon. Yeah. yeah. 
like the weird lip noises and you're just like, what am I watching? Um, so basically it freaks all the elitists off society. They're all like, they're all like freaked out. They're like, oh, don't touch him until he congeals. Cause I guess like you might also get turned inside out if you touch the inside out guy. I don't know. They don't really explain all the rules. And so Clarissa, Bill, and Milo are all able to escape. And then there's like one last little quip like, hey, Dr. Cleveland, I might have an opening in Washington after all. <laughs> and then um, it plays something that's been playing before, which is a revised version of the Eaton Boys School, like, um, which is a very elite school in England. Um, it is like it's their school song, but it's like creepy lyrics to it and it sounds really creepy and then it's just kind of the end of the movie yep yeah it's a it's a hell of a ride i will say i'm sorry i subjected you to this oh no it wasn't it wasn't a bad movie like i enjoyed it it wasn't like i was miserable watching it i um i will say so for me like the most compelling idea and i i texted you this too is that i do like the idea um, I feel like it's very universal for a lot of people to feel like they're an outsider in their own family. And yes. so, I mean, even if you strip, to me, if you strip away the elitist society idea, just imagine, like, you know, growing up in a family where you always feel kind of different. Mm-hmm. And I feel like with a young teenager, that can often feel like paranoia, like, why am I so different from my family? And so I kind of mm-hmm. like that idea because I feel like even in a goofy satirical horror film, people can find themselves in Billy. And ways, I think, yes. when you think about that. Yes. But I, I think, yeah, I think you can, if you're looking for the class warfare kind of commentary, it's there. If you're looking for a outsider in your own family commentary, it's there. Yeah. They're both there. And I think that's why this movie is kind of a cult classic because people like that. And also just the, the gross humor. Um, because I think the humor is a big part of this movie. And I think that's why... Even though it is a satire, it's pretty funny, and I think a lot of people enjoy it despite the commentary, but it is something that kind of sneaks the commentary in there for you. So, kind of like bad hair. Yeah. You know? I agree with that, for sure. Yeah. I also thought there was a weird similarity with this and Under the Skin with Clarissa's character, because she's this, like, beautiful girl who's, like, supposed to seduce um, Bill, and she ends up, like, empathizing with him and his kind. Yeah. Because there were apparently different races or something. I don't know. They're a little fuzzy on the details. Um, There's also a lot of use of foreshadowing. Mm -hmm. And I liked that it was a bit of a mystery. Like, it was kind of like a, like an episode of Murder, She Wrote. Like a really cheesy episode of Murder, She Wrote. Yeah. Um, I actually feel like the hard, the hard took like a second seat um, to like the mystery of the film. Yes. I was surprised how little gross-out horror there was, because everyone always talks about the ending sequence. And it was gross-out, but it wasn't... I don't know, maybe because I've also seen Reanimator, but also it's kind of goofy. So, like, I like goofy gore. Goofy gore's fun. Um, The only thing I didn't really like was there was some points where the acting was super cheesy. I think most of the time it served its purpose well. Yeah. But there were a couple times where I was just like, okay. And also, like, they didn't really explain what happened to Clarissa's mom. And there were were some loose ends that weren't tied up. And see, I like Clarissa's character, but her dialogue was really bad. Like, some of them, like, she was just like, well, now you have me, honey bunny. Or just, like, weird, like, that didn't feel natural. Yeah. 
I think that was kind of maybe she was supposed to be playing a part though. Yeah. So maybe that's why. And maybe she did get acting cues like to be unnatural, like maybe because she is a different species, like maybe you know, that maybe yeah. could have been something that was given to her to do. But it yeah. just it felt weird. It felt like it wasn't natural to me, some of those yeah. things. I think hers were probably the weirdest ones yeah. that stick out to me. Because everyone else seemed pretty okay. Yeah. Um, I do like that we have at least one, you know, rich class, whatever we're going to call them, society member who isn't a total asshole. Exactly. So it's not like people aren't redeemable, even if they're raised to believe that you should suck off the poor. Not everybody feels that way, even if you have money. So... Fuck yeah, Clarissa. I hope her mom was okay. I feel like, I'm going to say this real quick, but I have a feeling like that Clarissa was a mixed species, too. Like, maybe her dad was human. Maybe. Yeah. Oh, maybe that's why she didn't want to partake. Or, I don't know, maybe she just... Really like Billy. She's like, Billy, I love you, Billy. I love you, you, Billy. It was very dramatic. Yeah. Um, But yeah, I mean... It's, I think it's, I gave it like a, a like a 6.5 or 7 out of 10. Yeah. I think it's very enjoyable, but it's definitely, it's not a, I wouldn't say the movie's a masterpiece, but I think there's, there's a discussion there, and I think it's got satire and humor and horror all wrapped up into one, but also the special effects are so cool to watch that I think it's worth it if you like this kind of horror. Yeah, and I gave it a 6 out of 10, but that's what's my main thing, was that I think the special effects sequence at the end, I think it's really cool. Um, I also think this is just a good party movie. Like, if you want to get a bunch of friends over and watch something kind of ridiculous from the 80s, like, I, I think this would be a good cult classic movie to watch at, like, a party. So yes. I just couldn't help, like, thinking, like, I want to watch this with a couple of my friends mm-hmm. and just see what their reaction is to it. Uh, I think this would be a fun movie to pull out if you know that no one else in the room has watched it and see what people's reactions are to it, too. Yeah. So, <laughs> it's kind of like if you've ever seen The Room and it's the first time you've made people watch The Room or Birdemic, and you're just like, I can't wait until you see the horror that awaits you. Um, did you have a Grindhouse Girls rating? I did. Um, I gave it an S for surrealism on screen and shunting. Pretty good. Yep. I had a, I had two. I had rated I for incestuous Illuminati investigations, and then rated B for body horror and buttheads. I kind of like the B for body horror and buttheads. Okay. Yeah. B it is. Rated B. The buttheads. Maybe that'll be my art. I can't do that. <laughs> too grotesque. I don't know what I'm going to do for the art. Because, uh, whew. Um... Yeah, and then, yeah, so I guess that's, like, yeah, so recommended for people who like grotesque horror, but probably not not anybody else. I would say this is still, I would say this is spoopy. Yeah. I don't think it's quite strange. It's not lofty enough. It's spoopy. Definitely. I would go with the spoopy, too, for sure. Yeah. It's fun. I like it. It is fun. I like it. I like um, it. I like it. <laughs> Sorry, I had to do the like butthead laugh. But I don't butt. <laughs> it's funny. Yeah, I don't know. All I will also say, I gotta point out. I I kind of started mentioning it, and then I lost my train of thought earlier. I love that there's like all ages of people in the shunting scene. Like there's like these middle aged and elderly people that are just completely like half naked, just like having an orgy. And I was like, where did they get these? These are this is awesome. 
This is like so funny that like these people are just like, yeah, sure, I'll be naked on screen because you just don't think like Grandma Edna would want to do that, right? Right. So I just thought it was I thought it was fun. Um, yeah. So, anyways, it's kind of like uh, Eyes Wide Shut, where there's just like all kinds of people having sex everywhere at that party, and you're just yeah. like, okay, I guess this is what a. a you know, if you ever seen like a nudist colony like recruitment video, which unfortunately I've seen on YouTube reviews of them, like it's not, it's not as fun as it's not as sexy as you think it would be. It's just normal people that just like to be naked. So it's just a bunch of like, like not not fat, not skinny, middle aged people just swimming naked together. Okay, it's a lot of skin. Okay, cool. So it's Brit's pick. Yeah, um, so Yay. after after a little bit of debate, um, we have decided, and I have decided to do a movie. I've, I've read a few very interesting things about this one. This movie seems to be very, um, what's the word I'm looking for? People seem to have strong opinions about divisive. it. Divisive. They're very divisive, thank you. People seem to either really like this one or really hate it. Um, it is a relatively new film. It came out in 2017. Um, and it's called, I'm hoping I'm pronouncing it right, Piewacket. It's a P-Y-E. W a c k e t. I think that's it, because I've heard that word before in like lore, yeah, like folklore. So I think it's pie wacket or pie wicket. But yeah, forgive us if we mispronounce. Yeah, it. well, we will learn when we watch the movie. But it is currently mm-hmm. streaming on Hulu. We love Hulu here at Grindhouse Girls Podcast. And yeah, as mm-hmm. always, I'm excited. Um, I don't really know what the hell I'm getting myself into because I only know a very, very general basis synopsis of this film. But I'm excited to talk about it next week. Yeah, I don't know. I It's one that keeps popping up on my, like, suggestions from Hulu. Um, but I haven't actually sat down and watched it yet. So I'm excited to watch something. It's apparently, apparently a slow burn, but mm-hmm. I don't think it's, like, a crazy slow burn. Um, but this last movie definitely wasn't. So we're kind of, we're trying to break up the slow burns because we love them. But sometimes, you know, sometimes it can get a little daunting, but it looks interesting. And I don't want to say too much about it because we don't know too much about it. But apparently it's a, like a teenager tries to have like a death curse and demons are following her or something. So it sounds interesting to say the least. So yeah. Um, I'm excited. Yay! Yay! And, um, since it is St. Patrick's Day today when this is airing, happy St. Patrick's Day, everybody. Happy St. Patty's Day! Yeah, make sure if you, um, have the drink, an Irish car bomb, to drink it fully. And don't chip your tooth on the shot glass inside your glass. Um, but keep chugging, because if you stop, the milk will curdle in the Baileys, and it will taste disgusting. Um, also, don't drink too much green beer, because, like, food coloring is not good for your tummy and uh take your vitamins and wear your masks and get your vaccine guys we love y'all thank you for listening and yeah. subscribing and um, interacting so yes we love, you guys. we love you guys so much uh we appreciate you we uh once again as always we appreciate you um if you're spending some little part of your day with us um 
you're doing your chores, if you're um, on your commute to work, thank you for um, stopping by the Grindhouse Girl podcast. Uh, we are so glad you're here with us. This is your daily reminder. Please drink your water, wear your mask, wash your hands. Um, you know, mm-hmm. be safe out there. Um, I hope you're enjoying this beautiful weather. Um, we are finally getting some sunshine here where we live. It's been nice. It's been nice to see all the things bloom. So I hope it is nice where you're living, Gorgeous. too. Although our allergies are being just completely attacked. But yeah. It's beautiful. At least it's fun to enjoy. You can look at it from the window. Yes. You enjoy your exactly. allergy free insi- inside. <laughs> no, it's beautiful. I've, I've, I'm just, I, this is my first spring. Well, both of us, it's our first spring in our new houses. And like, there are like uh, dogwood trees on my block. And I have a tulip tree in my front yard. Aww. Which I didn't know that was a thing. But it's got these purple, beautiful flowers blooming, and they kind of look like tulips, and it's really cool. And so I hope everybody's spring is is as beautiful as ours, although I know for sure Canada is still covered in snow. So sorry, Canadians. Um, <laughs> we love you guys. Um, thanks for um, being there, and thanks for listening. Um, subscribe and like, and I didn't say that the last few times, but please like and subscribe. Welcome to any new listeners, and thank you for sharing our podcast with other people and oh we had another the swallow movie podcast actually liked our post thank you guys i don't know if it was someone close to the movie or an intern or just a super cool person um who has the password to their account but thank you for liking our podcast it was really cool it Um, was cool and we love you guys and yeah we love you guys thank you so much Thank you so much. As always, we are so looking forward to seeing you um, next time. Same spoopy time, same spoopy channel. Stay spoopy, y'all. Stay spoopy, y'all. Have a good night, good morning, good afternoon. Good day. Good day. Night. Bye, Katie. Bye, guys. Mm -hmm. Bye, Brittany. Bye. (laughs) The Grindhouse Girls podcast is a production by katie dale and Brittany ray and edited by katie dale all music used is royalty free and will be in our annotations if you have any questions comments suggestions please contact us at contact us at grindhousegirlspod.com or visit our website at grindhousegirlspod.com thanks for listening we'll see you soon